0: All right, big hour. We got our elite roofing system. Who's on top this weekend? I've got one for the NFL that I think you're going to be surprised by. I had, well, I didn't drive all three hours during t rows show because I was planning on it, but is you know Drake had brought up, hey, there might be some prep. I I think the the part the hard part for me in doing prep while I'm driving, Josh, and you know this is, uh, even at 47 years old, I still get carsick. I'm like uh. I'm like a 12-year-old trapped in a 47-year-old's body is what's wrong with it. I still get car sick. I still watch cartoons. There's there's a lot of issues there, I'm sure. But we're good to go. I'm not staring at the phone. Boy, how about how about this text, by the way, from a family member? I'm just want to, This shows you how you, you talk about things that make you go into fight or flight. Here's one. When will you have a minute? We need to talk. Are you out of town? Ooh, I might. I might give the phone to Toby and say, "Toby, call my mom. See what's going on here. <laughs> you, you, if there's any bad news, you you pass that. Oh, uh, Drake. Well, Drake was uh, kind enough to help out some poor man who couldn't figure out his Apple Pay in the middle of a in the middle of a of a stop on the turnpike. But yeah, that was very kind of you, Drake. Right. Is there? That e- was very kind of him. I mean, set us back 20 minutes, but very kind of. Him. <laughs> I know. And uh, <laughs> puts in a good job uh, of getting us in the jet stream.
1: Puts it into perspective what everybody cares about. i, I,
0: yeah, I got to be honest with you. And and Drake knows this because he's traveled with me enough, and I think Toby's kind of the same. Um, unless it's a trip back after a win. I'm not the guy that you want to ride with if you want to stop and see the sights or anything like that. Unless it's a family vacation or it's a trip back. To me... And we, it, it, I think my favorite story of this was whenever Drake and Andrew and I were driving up to Manhattan a couple of years ago. And literally, what Drake, it sent us down some country road that we had because there was a stop. And we all had to pee on I'm like, no, we're getting to the hotel. We're getting to the hotel. Let's go. And I, I probably could have been sued. Remember that whole controversy about a week, hold your we for a wee many, many moons ago. Drake probably could have pressed charges against me. But I'm a get there guy. Hey, let's get to our destination. Then we'll have fun, and you can, you can mull about, mill about whenever you get there. Does that make me a bad person, Josh? You can be honest. No, because I'm the same way. It's like it better be an
1: emergency. We're going. We're going. We got to get where we're going.
0: We're going where we're going. Now I will say there, if I'm overhydrating during the day, then I might be part of that problem. Where it's like, ooh, bathroom, stop. Let's go. We got to go in here real quick. But that's not that's not the case today. We are we are dehydrating today with coffee. So road trip to Ames is going well. We appreciate everyone hanging in there with us on a on a beautiful Friday. It's gonna be a gorgeous weather day tomorrow. Toby's talked about it quite a bit. You know, I I feel like and I know I'm probably cursing ourselves for whenever we make what I would assume would be the final trip for OU here in twenty twenty four, but if if that happens, but I really feel like Josh that the trips that OU has made to Ames since I've been on the broadcast, I don't feel like we've ever really had any of that crazy kind of Iowa weather that's always talked about. Now, it's happened for softball. Now, I mean, I went to a softball game that was literally played on a, on a mudslide because the, the grounds crew was just incapable of doing its job. Uh, and then decided to do their job with two outs in the seventh inning. But, eh, well, we'll talk 2016 at some point. Um, But, yeah, I I feel like tomorrow is probably going to be another good example of it. You know, you hear, oh, it's going to be cold, it's Iowa, it'll be snowy, it'll be a mess. Um, I I feel like we've been pretty weather-blessed when we go to Ames. So I say that just in kind of laying out, that it doesn't appear like weather is going to be a major factor at all here on Saturday, at all, which is a good sign, right?
1: That's a great sign. We love that uh, it's going to be a good weather day. Uh, Though, uh, you know, for an Iowa State offense that doesn't run the ball all that well, probably if there was one day for the weather to be sloppy, uh, you know, Oklahoma, you you think, right, going in. Now, Oklahoma has its own fair share of issues defending the run. But I think just based on who Oklahoma is with Eric Gray as one of the nation's, you know, leading rushers, you feel like you would have the edge if it's the kind of game where you have to lean on the run game, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's probably able to be taken to task based on where Iowa State is defensively against the run and where Oklahoma is not.
0: Okay, this question was posed yesterday. Speaking of Iowa State, is there a program in the Big 12 that has – been more rooted in what their identity is than what iowa state has become since what 2016 2017 whenever john haycock started the the rush three drop eight i mean they've they've really become rooted in that umbrella defense and you know coach venables even talked about it whenever he was at clemson they they kind of took some time to to come down and study what iowa state was doing uh, listen, we 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 hope that Oklahoma becomes that under Coach Venable's as the defense continues to progress. We, we we've seen Texas Tech and Mike Leach that was their identity, but they went away from it from a while, and maybe with Zach Kitley, it's kind of reemerging. And Baron Morton, uh, Baron Morton, excuse me, but is you know even Aranda's been there for three seasons, but they've shown some some leaks defensively this season. I mean Oklahoma State in just kind of its winning culture. They've been rooted in that, you know, obviously for a while. But is there anyone that's more, I guess you could say, steeped in their identity than what Iowa State is in what they've created and what Matt Campbell and John Hickok have done defensively for this program? Bit of a reach, but I just I feel like they've they've not only established that, Josh, but they've cemented it. It's kind of like the reverse of who Texas
1: Tech was for all those years with Mike Leach, right? It's, hey, this is air raid Texas Tech. And now it's defensively for Iowa State. It's, hey, they're going to have three three down and they're going to drop eight. And that's who Iowa State is. And it's going to be challenging. It's going to confuse some teams. And folks are going to make mistakes against them. And guess what? Probably it's going to be a close football game when you play Iowa State. So right. I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I don't know what would be uh, – outside of texas is probably going to find a way to inspire uh doubt throughout a season then i don't know what other defining characteristics would be more defining for big 12 teams
0: oh here's a good one um on the super secret textosa line travis has checked in texas is stuck with their 12-year identity of underachieving with better athletes than all of their opponents i mean that's fair but i just iowa state is they are what they are right and even with What's a three-man front? Consistently, they've been really good against the run. So, this week during Brent Venables' presser, we didn't play this, and I, I went back and I was re-listening to Coach Venables' presser last night, and I thought, I thought this was, I thought this was really good, Josh. Whenever. He was talking about kind of Oklahoma and the battle it's showing and trying to cement its culture on the field. Listen to the the challenges that Coach Venable's talked about whenever, just kind of asked about the challenges of building something. Yeah, yeah,
2: you, know, you can't run from it. That's for sure. You got to run right towards the hard, uh, and it's easy to go the other way. And uh, so again, awareness and accountability, um, ownership. You know, our job as coaches is to create ownership both on our side of it and their side. So having the ability to appeal to their voice of reason and saying, yeah, yeah, coach, that's me. If you, that's where it's going to start for all of us. You know, if you're going to make the improvement, you got to have, again, the ownership and the the self-awareness that I got to get better at these things, and if he does that and I do this and he does that, then collectively we can get better. And so, but I believe in, and again, a a process. I believe in fundamentals. I, I believe in toughness. I believe in mindset. I believe in attitude. I believe in the practice field. I believe in that film room. And um, uh, I believe in the consistency that it takes. You can't, again, as I said earlier, it's not, you can't do it occasionally. A success and winning uh, is not rewarded by what you do occasionally, it's what you do consistently. And so that part, uh, like anything, when you're dealing with, again, 18 and 22, 23, 24 year old guys, is to get them to consistently do the things that it takes. And then getting coaches too. Like coaches, stay hungry. You know, be convicted. Show up with passion and intensity and love for what you do every day. Your coach can't grow weary either. You know, there's it takes a toll on a, a season for a coach. Drag himself out of bed every day. I I don't have that problem, and I'm not beating my own chest. I just have never had. I love what I do, and I love it no matter uh, if it's uh, really good or if it's not. I love seeing the players have a smile on their face and. And walking in some with with some uh, confidence and having an edge to them because of the work that they put in, and then the result that they got from that work that they put in, I like to see that in the eyes of a player. And um, I'm discouraged uh, for them when they're not seeing, you know, the fruits of their labor. But I just, you know, I just got to just go back to work, and that's it's a very simple concept, hard to do. Because uh, it, it, it takes all those things I've been talking about, you know, for the last 40 minutes, you know uh, And you got to do it every single day. But that's what the best of the best to do, man If they do something well Braden wills they show up consistently with the with the right mindset with the right work ethic with the right commitment uh, with a with a toughness that uh, It's hard to match in a focus, you know, and I talk about a focused intensity you know, you can't just be intense. You know, you gotta be, have a focused intensity uh, to you. You know, where you're you're looking at a target, you're looking at a goal, and you're you're very focused on that in that moment. Being present in the moment is what it's all about. You know, not worrying about what you did wrong at the first part of the year. That's our job too, as coaches, to help them have a again remind them of here's the things we've put on tape. You know, we're we're still doing the things that we did wrong in in the UTEP game or the uh, which we won or the Nebraska game which we won. Or again, TCU or Texas or Kansas State, which we lost. We're still rehearsing those things and showing those to our players uh, on the field so that they can, oh, yeah, don't do XYZ, you know. Uh,
0: So. It's good. Sorry, I kind of chopped it there a little bit quick. My bad. But he's right. You know, and that they're they're trying to build that that culture of a championship strain and attention to detail, and then eventually they're going to have a a complete holistic team that is more than just about oh wow they can score a lot of points or oh wow they can shut people down or oh wow they're they're fine on special teams. Every I, w- whenever I heard that, Josh, I just thought about every little thing, even when it's worked, and and even when it didn't work they are repping they're fine tuning it to make sure that it's as good as it possibly can be not just for the now but for the future and beyond so I I dug that cut um it, that not a good editing job on your boy there at the end of it but it does kind of say listen it's it's not easy but here are the things that I believe in I believe in the practice of it I believe in the repetition of it he talked about listen it's, it's coaches we've got to believe in it too and then you know even for him I you know, this is this is the fun. This is what I do. This is who I am. I mean, for some it might be, all right, great. I'm tired of hearing about it. I need to see it. And I agree. I agree. But it's to me, there hasn't been any of that doubt, that kind of self-doubt that, is, that has crept in at all. They've stayed who they are. They've stayed committed to what they believe is the path and the right way to do it. And they're just going to continue to fine-tune and rep those things that they feel like they need to get better at. I love it.
1: Well, and Venables has talked a lot about just the, the process of how this thing gets built. And it's yeah, it's not a one-month process. It's not a spring process, summer process. It's, uh, it's an extensive process. And we're still kind of uh, at the beginning of all of that. Now, having said that, obviously, you know, I think this is an important week for Oklahoma because it's the first time we get to see Coach Venables and the Sooners play after a bye week, right? And, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all what Oklahoma does following a bye week, but I do think that there there are examples of head coaches that you kind of look up and down and whether it's Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, and, you know, I'm falling back to kind of some of the NFL models out there. Bob Stoops was really, really good out of a bye week. Getting his team ready to go win a football game, I think it is a good indication of teams that have been prepared well, teams that are ready to go play. So I'm just the process of Oklahoma over the course of these last two weeks. I want to see some results this week versus Iowa State. I want to see Oklahoma defensively show me that they've grown from the Kansas game to this Iowa State game. I want Oklahoma to make Iowa State look like the 118th total offense. Not necessarily – I'm not trying to be totally unrealistic about it because Oklahoma clearly has some growing to do defensively, Plank. But don't let Iowa State do whatever Iowa State wants to do offensively, right? Show me that you can get those seven stops that you got versus Kansas and then some this week.
0: You know, it's it's also kind of wild because I just I saw what Tyler had tweeted this morning, and it seems wild when you think about, you know, history and what everyone that is a Sooner fan wants this team to be like. They want them to be like what the 2000 team that won a national championship 22 years ago today, right? Was when OU beat Nebraska. They rallied from a 14 zip deficit, scored 31 unanswered. It was a run of Red October that included a blowout win over Texas, um, a game that I've said many times I wasn't overly concerned about, but they they made concerning when they played Kansas State and they were number two uh, on the road and then came back home for Nebraska. And Brent Venables has even talked about it. You know that's, you know he looks back now and that's that's a trip for him or that's a win for him where he's like, man, I uh, I, I I didn't get to enjoy that because I was so in a rush to get back home because I knew we had Kansas that I had to start preparing for that next week. And maybe I didn't enjoy it as much as I could, but that's a goal, right? That's where everyone wants to be. They want to be back celebrating wins like that. Defense is playing like that. Offense is executing like that. And in Brent Venable's mind, this is his plan. This is how he feels that um, this is what he feels this team needs to do to get to that point once again, 22 years ago. That's wild. All right, quick break. When we come back, it's time for our elite roofing system. Who's on top as we look ahead to Saturday, not just in Ames, not just in the big 12, but of course, across all of college football. That's next right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, we're going to hit our elite roofing system. Who's on top coming up here in moments as we are on the road. On the road to Ames, Iowa, for the Sooners and the Cyclones coming up Saturday morning, our pregame coverage begins at 7 a.m. Right here on the—I almost said the Sooner Radio Network. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. Real quick, though, I did want to—I um, did want to get one quick check. The Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is from John, who writes, My crystal ball prediction. Eric Gray has a massive day, 180 yards, four touchdowns, OU 58, Iowa State 17. Now, you know, we're not big on prognostications or predictions here. But if Eric Gray gets 180 on Iowa State's defense and they don't win by a couple of scores, then, then we might have a bit of an issue coming back here on Monday. We'll hit more of your text coming up later on. I, Fifty-eight to seventeen. I don't know why, Josh. That kind of popped whenever I looked at the text line at that one. That's um, and John's been a pretty uh, no offense, John. You've kind of been a little bit down on this team, but this goes back to what you're talking about, right, Josh? If you're if you're on the the, the cusp of a turnaround, if this team's going to become more who they were earlier than who they were in Fort Worth against Kansas State and against uh, Texas and Dallas, which is we all agree, I think, is the anomaly, then you take care of what is, regardless of all the little stats, about uh, 14 points and their four losses combined, you you take care of this Iowa State team. You do, yes. You go on the road and you find
1: a way to get it done. And, look, uh, I saw somewhere, I'm trying to think who or – why I saw this, but somebody said, asked the question, does Oklahoma need to blow out Iowa state this weekend? And look, yes. If we're under the impression that Oklahoma is the college football playoff contender that we thought Oklahoma was before the season, but I got news for you. Oklahoma is not the college football playoff contender. We thought before the season. No. So with that in mind, just get out of Ames with a win, right? I mean, any way you can win You'll take it, and you'll run back to Norman and feel good about it.
0: All right, 405-651-3439. Keep them coming. We'll get your text uh, coming up here in just a bit. In the meantime, it is time for our Elite Roofing Systems. Who's on top? Elite Roofing Systems serving all of Oklahoma roofing needs. Who's on top is brought to you by Elite Roofing System, locally owned and operated, headquartered right here in Norman and Tulsa, and serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. All right, Josh, um, it's been a minute because I was out last Friday, so uh, do you want to give it a start? Who's on top with the University of Oklahoma going first? Sure, yeah, I'll I'll give it uh, the
1: old college try here. I I think uh, for Oklahoma... This is an important week. We've documented that defensively. If Oklahoma really struggles in this game, then that does not bode well for what's left on the the schedule. I think we're going to see some good defense, though, from Oklahoma in this game. I'm not saying it's going to be totally perfect, and certainly I'm not expecting Oklahoma to go out there and hold Iowa State to, you know, 17 points necessarily or anything like that. But I, I do expect to see some competent defense get played at times. And I expect Oklahoma to have some success rushing the passer at times in this game, Plank. And so I'm going to, with my pick-to-click here, my who's on top, brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems, I'm taking... Danny Stutzman to to do some good things in the the run game. This is an Iowa State team that has not been great rushing the football. They're going to try with Jairiel Brock against an Oklahoma defense that hadn't been good stopping the run. But I uh, I'm, I'm taking Stutzman to get in there do the dirty work in the run defense game, and then one time or two, right, whether it's a a pass rushing type situation, maybe get into the backfield and and rip the football loose would be great to see for Oklahoma. But I expect all of Oklahoma's linebackers to have a big day versus Iowa
0: State. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, For me, I am subscribing to the theory that the Sooners are going to struggle running the football. Now, I hope I'm proven wrong. I think Iowa State's really good against the run. But – I think they're going to have some success in what they do with, uh, and I'm not trying to sound fancy, but some of their mesh concepts. I really, I think in those, the the wide receiver screens, this isn't as physical of an Iowa State secondary as we've seen in years past. So my my pick to click, if you will, my elite roofing system who's on top is Marvin Mims. And I felt like, you know, in fact, spoiler, I'm going to put Mims in my spotlight tomorrow. I feel like I do it every single week. But you know, I don't. I I know Jeff Fleby kind of pushed back against this a little bit on at Monday's press conference, right? But if if you think about it, Josh, you don't want to say they forced the ball to Marvin Mims. I like the way that Toby phrased it. There was more of a concerted effort, it seemed, to get him the football. And I I feel like with Marvin Mims, he's your biggest playmaker. I like Jalil Farouk a lot, but. Um, Give me Marvin Mims is my elite roofing system who's on top for the Oklahoma Sooners. All right, I'll start in the Big 12. You ready? Yep, go ahead. Let's go. Give me Baron Morton, Texas Tech, against Baylor this week. Now, now Baylor struggled stopping the run of West Virginia, but I I, I think when they tried to commit to slowing down the run of West Virginia, JT Daniels beat them throwing the football. So – I think Baron Morton from Texas Tech is going to have another monster game. Plus, do you know what's happening in Lubbock on Saturday night? What is happening in Lubbock on Saturday night? They are inducting Patrick Mahomes into the ring of honor or whatever phrase they have for what Texas Tech celebrates. So I think that Morton's going to go out to me – And I I feel like it's been a surprise that he was the guy, right? So give me, give me Baron Morton as my big 12. Who's on top presented by elite riffing systems. I like it. Who are you going with in the big 12?
1: I like it. And if that's the case, then I think we can officially say Baylor is not who we, we thought they were going to be if they lose that game. But uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how that one plays out in Lubbock. I'm going to what is the big game of the week in the big 12 conference, not involving Oklahoma and uh, that's Oklahoma State traveling up to the Little Apple. To me, Kansas State's winning this game, and they're winning this game because Adrian Martinez is the better quarterback of the two in this particular game. So I'm taking Adrian Martinez to have a big, big day versus Oklahoma State. This is a game that for Kansas State, if they're going to get into the Big 12 championship game, you got to, got to, got to win this game uh, up in Manhattan. I think they find a way to get that done and deal a – Costly blow to Oklahoma State in terms of their Big 12 title game chances. Uh, I do think Adrian Martinez plays in the game. I think he plays really well in the game for Kansas State. I'm picking the okay. Cats to win.
0: Wow. All right, let me jump to college, uh, the rest of college, if you will. And I don't necessarily think that Kentucky's going to pull off an upset over Tennessee this weekend. All right, that's not, that's not my belief. But, Josh Helmer, I think Will Levis is going to have a game. I think Will Levis is going to have a game come Saturday. Um, Bryce Young had a game against Tennessee. This isn't a knock on Tennessee's defense. But for me, my elite roofing system, who's on top in the college football world beyond just, say, the Big 12 ROU, I'm taking Kentucky quarterback Will Levis to go out and have a big game here tonight. All right, Saturday night, excuse me. For those listening, Tomorrow on the podcast,
1: yes, it it will be tonight. It will be tonight. tonight. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I'm taking the Heisman Trophy winner to to have a big day. That's C.J. Stroud on the road at uh, Happy Valley versus Penn State. This is uh, not the Penn State team that we – thought maybe James Franklin might have or maybe it's exactly the Penn State team that we thought that James Franklin and Penn State might have they've already obviously gotten embarrassed once in a big game they're clearly not in the same class as Michigan or Ohio State and though CJ Stroud honestly Plank kind of struggled in that first half versus Iowa last week. He got it on track, found his receivers in the second half. I think he has a big, big day on the road. And again, uh my eventual Heisman Trophy winner, CJ Stroud. Huge day <laughs> in what is uh should be right billed as the the big game in college football. I don't think it's gonna wind up being all that exciting, though.
0: All right. Um you ready for my NFL? This is this is my favorite one right here. My NFL it's Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to ball out this weekend for the 49ers against the Rams. I think that they've had a week now to fully integrate him in what they want to do. Uh, Debo Samuel has been a little dinged up, so I think that opens up the floodgates a little bit for Christian McCaffrey to be more involved. Josh, my lead roofing system, who's on top of the National Football League this weekend, give me 49er do everything back. Christian McCaffrey. Well,
1: I'm hoping that the Denver Broncos PR team is who winds <laughs> up on top to try and wrangle down our man uh Russell Wilson from saying anything corny again this week. That's the uh, the London game is the Broncos That's and right. Jaguars early so. morning on ESPN Plus. Sorry to our friends across the pond that you got stuck with that uh coming up this weekend. I, I think uh Dak Prescott versus the the Bears is, is Ooh, I a like good, it. good pick. Uh, obviously, you know, one week to kind of get the, the rust off a little bit. I think that he plays much, much better this week, and I don't think this game's going to be altogether that close at AT&T Stadium.
0: Love it. There it is. Who's on top this weekend presented by Elite Roofing System? Who you got for your pick to click for the Sooners this week, and who's the guy that you look at and say, this is going to be the difference maker? Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line right now. We'll read the best ones at 405-651-3439 next on The Plank Show. So, quick, quick little side story to all of this. When when we have to make a stop, when we have to make a stop and the car turns off, I mean, I, this might be a Captain Obvious to some, the, the, the whole show kind of shuts down, right? Because power off, uh, the plug we're plugged into doesn't work. It can be a little bit of a disaster. Um, I I literally, Josh, just got reconnected as the music was playing. Believe me, I know. Tell me. (laughs) Tell me we're not living a little charmed life here on The Plank Show today, right? Pretty good. Little charmed life today. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line is the single best way. To stay in touch with the program. 405-651-3439. I like this. Mr. Consistent. Braden Willis will have a huge game tomorrow. Hashtag manifest this. Is that that code for something? Or is it just, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't, I got to be honest with you, Josh. I don't. I, I I don't know how he won't, right? I mean, it's been it's been pretty consistent throughout that Brayden Willis has been the guy for Oklahoma. So, for me, it's uh I, I again, I just I always kind of take that as a given. I'm not dumping on the the choice of Brayden Willis from the 918. You're absolutely right, but hasn't he been like the one guy that you consistently say, "Oh yeah, no worries, he's going to be the guy that's playing well while we're out there."
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you feel really good about what Brayden Willis has done all season. I mean, he's been uh, terrific for Oklahoma, both in the run-blocking game and, you know, obviously he's had a game or two uh, where, you know, he's really gone out and caught a couple of passes, caught a couple of touchdowns. So, And I only expect that to continue for him, which is sure sort of what we
0: anticipated, right, that this would be a breakout year for Braden. By the way, funny story, I was ra- – whenever it- – during this this break, we ran into uh, of Love's, and, and I just went to the restroom and grabbed the water and was just paying for it. And stats came rolling. He's like, no, hold on. Let me get in on that. I'm like, I'm not buying your drink, stats. I'm paying cold hard cash for this, baby. Let's go. I think it totally threw the poor guy behind the cashier, though. He was a little bit shook. So I'm sorry to the sir here at the Love's. Where are we, T-Row? In Topeka, Kansas. I apologize. I was merely messing with stuff. And I'm and sorry. I I I'm sorry re- to all of you for having to be in Topeka. <laughs> well, it's not like we're exploring Topeka. So while we ex- I- accept your apology for us having to be in Topeka, the good news is it was merely uh, a side road to is make there, sure that we could get to a uh, get to a loves. Is there a worse state capital than Topeka? Okay, so if we're getting into the worst state capitals on the planet, um, or at least on the United States of America, then uh, Topeka might be up there fairly high. Um, now, now I you know, I grew up, I lived my life in most, well, my, my youths in the land of Lincoln. Springfield, Illinois, Josh, not too terribly high <laughs> on impressive good. state capitals, okay? Uh, Des Moines, I think, is pretty cool for Iowa. But there's so many that I haven't explored. Like I can't, you know, I can't speak to Sacramento, right? As the capital of, I've never been there. Well, the one thing that I, was I can really safely tell you was that no Sacramento is a
1: lot better than Topeka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, here's one from Gunny. Is this Gunny of Stutzman's army? I mean, there shouldn't really be any other gunnies texting the show. But he right. Um, I think both Gray and Barnes will have over 100 yards tomorrow. I've got us by 17. Man, you guys are holy smokes. excited about the Oklahoma Sooner rushing attack against, as I've said, you know, not just some made-up thing, a really good, a really good rush defense for Iowa State. Here's one from the 804 that simply says Stoops. I feel like every single Monday i i feel like every single monday i come in here and don't give drake stoops the credit he deserves for the kind of games he's having i mean don't get me wrong i'm not coming in here and trying to say oh and, and maybe this would even carry over to the our pre-speed preceded by the post game it's it's almost as if he works kind of under a, a cloak and dagger if you will it's like a you don't really appreciate how good he is until maybe you have a couple of games to go or days to go back and look at the tape, right? You have a couple of uh, opportunities to look back and say, "Man, Drake was really good." And I guess what was it the was it receptions high or was it a yardage high he had his last time out? I mean, it's just he 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 does so much that I feel like you kind of lose track of just how good he's been. In my opinion, Josh, I think he's. I think he's been underappreciated, and that starts with me. I'm not, like, pointing a finger at you and saying, how dare you people. I just feel like whenever we get we get home, we don't truly appreciate how good his day has been until we maybe take a second look at the game and see everything from not just the receptions and the third down conversions, but the blocking that he's done. He's been key this year. He's been really good. According to Pro Football Focus, he is the
1: sixth highest Graded sooner, so and Eric Gray, I mean, it's just been I- incredible for OU. So, but no, I mean, Braden Willis is, has done a ton, and this offense would not be nearly as good for Oklahoma if if they didn't have Braden Willis. Which at some point, and it's sneaking up upon us once we get into the off season, probably you'd like to see one of those younger guys, you know, have a contribution here or there, because once Braden Willis is out the door, all of a sudden there's going to be a big void to fill at that tight end position for Oklahoma, but that's a
0: conversation for another day. And then uh, one more here from Burley, who writes, Good morning, Oye of Precious Cargo. Yes, I have Toby Rowland in, in the car with me and Drake Dykin. Precious Cargo. I missed Toby's three predictions earlier, but mine is, I predict Jaden Gibson takes 140-plus to the house tomorrow against Iowa State. Jaden Gibson's had those opportunities. He's just got to make the play. And I think, you know, this This goes back to what we've talked about probably incessantly on this show. When you get those opportunities, you've got to take advantage of them. Uh, we've seen Javante Barnes do that. Um, I feel like, and, again, I'm not Brandon Hall, but I feel like I've seen Robert Spears Jennings take advantage of those opportunities. Um, I know our Mason Thomas has taken advantage of those opportunities. We feel like – I think we want to believe that Jaron Kanik has taken advantage of those opportunities. I'm talking about young guys that are getting opportunities. You know, unfortunately that the one knock, if you're in that world of, I want to see more Jaden Gibson, Josh, he hasn't really taken advantage of those opportunities when he's had them, right? A couple of tough drops, a few misalignments against Nebraska. And I know that's going back a ways when you're talking Nebraska, but, you, you, you hope that maybe some of the frustration uh, for Jaden Gibson over maybe lack of targets, lack of playing time, you hope that he's able to shake that off. And when he gets – and if he gets those opportunities against Iowa State or if it's against Baylor or if it's against West Virginia, you hope he's able to take advantage of
1: them. Have the transfer receivers just been so disappointing to you? LV Bunkley, Shelton, Hester, I mean, those guys – haven't uh haven't really contributed a ton for Oklahoma. In fact, Bunkley Shelton's no. 87 snaps very similar to Jaden Gibson's 86 and JJ Hester has less total snaps this season than either of those two with 54. In
0: fairness, in fairness, JJ Hester has been hurt. Yeah, he's been but he's been even up. before he was dinged up. Yeah, even before he was dinged up, you know, they had been Kind of well, well behind what some of the other receivers were doing. Let's get a break. We'll put a wrap on the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we come back. Top five stories of the day coming up right here as we road trip to Ames on the ref. All right, we got our top five stories of the day coming up here in, um, gosh, about ten minutes from now. Where does the show go? Plus our six pack of picks next hour, and uh, oh, do you hear? We we get a lot of questions about. Recruiting stuff that, honestly, I only know because I'll listen to Parker Thune, who's coming up next right here on the ref. But did you hear Parker's update on Anthony Evans yesterday?
1: Uh maybe. No, I did not. Not off the top of my head. okay.
0: What, what's the update? I guess is what we're getting. Sorry, to. I'm gonna. I'll start asking you during the break if you happen to hear these things and not on the air. All right, Parker said that the Anthony Evans trip, unofficial, however you want to phrase it, to Tennessee. His mom's a lifelong fan, so he wanted to make sure that she could experience a Georgia-Tennessee game. Now, some of you might say that seems like an excuse to try to get around the Brent Venables no-visit policy. Um, And that's fine. I mean, a feel of it how you may. Decipher it how you want. Parker said that the OU staff is aware of it. And they understand what's going on. And by what I took from what he said right here on the ref, that they were fine with it. Now, um, LaDamian Washington or BV, you know, they they can't come out and talk about this. Jeff Levy can't come out and talk about this. I mean, they're not Mickey Joseph. So they can't just come out and talk about the recruits that they're in on. Hey. But I will say it it seems as if I don't want to – it's funny because people are like, Gosh, I don't want us to have this no visit policy and, and it's gonna cost us guys and so then suddenly you hear about someone that's taking a trip and it doesn't appear as if like they've been decommitted or they're not recruiting them anymore and the people are like, Oh, so what? We're down I, I like I what do you want? Do you want them to be flexible with it? Maybe there's some flexibility to it with, with certain guys or understanding certain situations. But the way Parker made it sound And who knows, maybe it leads to some challenges when it comes to recruiting Anthony Evans. I don't know. But coaches seem fine with it, and they'll continue to recruit him, treat him as a commit. And he seemed to be a little bit more concerned about the Vasek situation in Austin than anything else. So take that for what you want. I am simply the messenger, not not the person with any inside information on that front. Meanwhile, uh, I, I did I did like this text. Says, I'm concerned. The OU media has been very critical of Iowa State's offense that had over 400 yards, completed 69% of its passes, and converted 63% of their third and fourth down conversions versus Texas. Yeah, Texas was terrible against Iowa State. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Oklahoma State then proceeded to shred Texas the next week. So... I mean I, I don't know and again, Dylan Gabriel was hurt. Oklahoma was a shell of what it was offensively. I don't know if I try to grade anything against Texas's defense of what they've looked like the last few weeks. It's just it's odd to kind of see what's happened there. But I don't I don't understand why why people are trying to fight and make Iowa State's offense something it's not. They can't run the football. Oklahoma's been unable to stop the run. So something's something's got to give, right? You have a running game for Iowa State that's ranked in the lower 100s. You have a rush defense for Oklahoma that's ranked in the lower 100s. I mean, I, I love the confidence the fans have, but something's got to give on Saturday. Iowa State's not a good offense. I mean, try to come up with all the numbers you want. That's just a reality. Now, they're not Iowa bad, but they're just not a good nobody's offense. Nobody's that. Right, nobody's that. All right, top five stories of the day next.